Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son, so that everyone who believes in him will not perish, but have eternal life. For God did not send the son into the world to judge the world, but so that the world might be saved through him. The one who believes in him is not judged. The one who does not believe has been judged already because he has not believed in the name of the only Son of God. John 3, verses 16 and 18. I don't know about you, but that music always gets me fired up. So, (laughs) I've got the fire in my belly. Yes, indeed, I've got the fire in my belly, and I'm ready to begin. Welcome to the Legion of Michael podcast, one and all. Thank you very much for being here, for supporting the show, all it is that you do. Of course, I am obliged to remind you to go to legionofmichael.com to enroll in the distance learning church security program. If you have not done so already, if you have done so already, well, good job. Uh, Get moving, get moving. Uh, Joining the club. I know I I did two in a row, two episodes in a row had question marks in the title. You might be thinking, man, is this guy just going to ask me questions every time he comes to the microphone? I don't, think I want to have to answer your questions there, Paul. Well, calm down. This is my show. Sit down. Because I have a microphone and you don't. So you will listen to every word I have to say. That's right. A <laughs> little bit of Adam Sandler there from The Wedding Singer, in case you forgot. When a temple, when a church, when a synagogue, when a mosque, etc., requires that you pass an initiation test to be in their club... Is that required for salvation? Now, uh, uh, for instance, if you have been in the Lutheran church, uh, if you were raised in a Lutheran church, uh, as I was, or maybe a Catholic church or, you know, a different kind of church, and you had catechism class, I went to catechism class when I was a, in eighth grade. That was part of the uh, Part of learning, the school I went to when I was in eighth grade was actually a parochial school. It was a Lutheran school that was attached to the church. The church was attached to the school. The school was attached to the church. And part of eighth grade was eighth grade catechism. And you did an entire year's worth of study, of guided study. And I think it was like every Wednesday or every Thursday or something. It was only one time a week, I believe. Uh, but the one of the pastors, now the, the church that I went to in Detroit, Michigan, had two pastors. 
the first church that I went to uh, in Roseville, a suburb of Detroit, when I was a little kid, actually was a big enough church that it, it had three pastors. But we had two at Mount Calvary, and uh, they would they would tag team. They would switch off, you know, coming in and teaching the eighth graders the catechism class once a week. They would come in, and we would I guess it was probably a forty five minute or an hour class, whatever. We had our little catechism books. We had our our Luther's catechism book, and we would go over each one. And the reason for that was because once you completed the catechism, you took what was called your first communion. And when you took your first communion, you were accepted as a member of the church. And what that meant was that you were now, in the eyes of the congregation, an adult. Now, you obviously, in the eyes of the state, weren't an adult. But in the eyes of the congregation, you were an adult. And that meant that you could be, you could work as an usher uh, that was one of the first things that I did when I was you know, confirmed as uh, I worked as an usher or a greeter or whatever. And that's when you start bringing the teenagers into the functional church family. You give them a small amount of responsibility and you mentor them and you proctor them. And eventually the, the hope is the plan, at least it was back then, was if you bring them in and you give them a small amount of responsibility and you mentor them and you guide them and then you give them a little more responsibility and then they become fully functional, responsible members of the church body. And there's nothing wrong with that. Uh, I know the Catholic Church does it. I know the Lutheran Church does it um, because they, I'm not sure what the modern Thing. I don't know what they're doing. Uh, quite frankly, I've been so disappointed by the weakness and slavishness of modern churches that I it makes me angry to go inside of them anymore. But uh, yeah, we we had actual wine, not grape juice, right? And they also didn't just pass it out in the pews and give it to the five year olds and so forth and. You know, I know there are some churches that are like, oh, no, everyone, everyone gets it. You know, five-year-olds, six-year-olds, ten-year-olds, whatever. We just give them, we give them a little cup of grape juice and, you know, say, drink up, Johnny, even though they're, they're not really in a position to understand what they're doing. And the, the thought process uh, of my church when I was growing up was they need to understand the purpose behind it, right? And we did, you know, we understood, I knew all about, you know, communion and why it was very uh, important. It was an important part of our faith, an important part of the religious celebration, uh, and so forth, the church celebration. But question, was I, if I were to have passed away and ceased to exist uh, on planet Earth at age 12 or 13, or let's say the beginning of my eighth grade year, and I had not yet finished catechism class, and I had not yet taken my first communion, and I had not yet been recognized as a member of the church body, as the church family, the congregation. Would I have still gained salvation? Or would I have been denied salvation because I was, had not yet been officially adopted into the church club? 
Now, you're sitting out there and you're saying, oh, come on, Paul. I mean, of course, you know, if, if, if you actually believed what, you know, you can believe when you're 9, 10, 11 years old. You can believe when you're 12, 13, 14 years old. You can believe if you have that belief, that grace, that salvation, yeah, you don't have to be part of the club. Oh, that's interesting. Because recently I heard a couple of people, I, was, I overheard a conversation between a member of the Hebrew faith and a member of the, well, he was a previously a Mormon, uh, I guess an, a Mormon emeritus or expatriate or whatever you want to call it when you're not officially part of the Mormon church. And they were talking about how you can't just be, if you want to be uh, in the Hebrew faith, if you want to be considered, quote, Jewish, uh, you can't just be some geek off the street. You can't just walk in and say, hey. And the, the, the guy who was Mormon, he's like, oh, yeah, you can't just walk in and, like, be one of us. You can't, you can't be in our, you don't just get to walk in the building and be part of our club. You got to go through the initiation. You know, there's a long time. And I, the, the, the person of Hebrew faith is like, oh, yeah, it's, you know, if you want to convert, it's, it's years you have to go to the you know the rabbi and and they and you, you learn all the stuff and then then you get to be and the, you know the mormon guys like talk about secret handshakes and stuff like that and and i thought that's all well and good and cool and all and both of them kind of like you know mutually agreed that not just anyone should be allowed in the faith that you should have to prove to the people in the synagogue or the temple or whatever that you're wor- that you're worthy to be there. And it got me to thinking, are these folks trying to say, trying to imply, do they believe that if you don't get accepted into the church, the club, the temple club, the church club, the synagogue club, the mosque club, whatever it is, if you're not, you know, don't go through the initiation process, then you cannot receive salvation. See, there's a big difference between being a member of the of voting. Now, when when I when I say voting, um, this was something that was a part of. Uh, when you became a an official member of the church. Now, they didn't do it very often. As a matter of fact, I think they only did it maybe once a year or something. Uh, but, you know, we would elect our board of trustees, right? We, we had a board of trustees uh, in the church, and the board of trustees were the guys that helped the pastors with the management of a church because a church, it's not just – a dude and some people and you know they come in and they sing kumbaya every sunday a church is an actual physical building and what does a physical building need well it needs heat needs electricity needs running water you know the the state sticks their hand out and they want property taxes and so on and so forth so the uh, the administration of this this big building you know and especially when you when you talk about a a church that has a school attached to it because now you're talking about well we have to hire teachers the teachers that we hire have to be paid right who's going to make sure they get paid we got secretaries we've got all this and so you had to have people in a leadership position to take care of the business of the church 
right? And how do you get those people in 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 position? Well, you know, in in most churches, you have elections, right? You know, between Tom Smith and Jim Jones and and you know Sally Smothers or whatever, uh, they all are, are nominated by their friends. I nominate John Smith to be the head of the board of trustees. All in favor and so forth. Now, who gets to vote? Well, the people who get to vote are those who are church members, right? Who are part of the club. Because you wouldn't put the that into the hands of just some wino who wandered in off the street, right? You know, you would accept the wino as long as he didn't puke on your, you know, pews and and do bad things. But I mean, if if some person just wandered in off the street and said, "I want to come to this church and sit down and listen to the word of God," and you'd be a rock on, bro. There's a, there's a seat for you right there. But when it came to how are we going to administer uh, and run this building and this group, uh, the people who get to vote are the ones who have a stake in, you know, in the congregation. And that makes sense. But when it comes to salvation, when we compare the salvation of our own souls right? Eternal salvation or eternal damnation. When we compare that to all the other stuff, you know, the paying the electric bill and the, and the water bill and, you know, making sure that the, the, the gas is turned on and, and, you know, all that stuff. And, you know, we, we got to have a custodian to come in and empty the trash cans and sweep up after everybody and so forth. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. That is just, that's little tiny small potatoes compared to salvation or damnation. But what I want, I'm asking you guys out there, does your church, your temple, your synagogue, whatever, does it put out the idea that unless you're part of this club, unless you've been welcomed through initiation into our club, you don't get salvation. You have to earn salvation. You have to earn it by, well, you know, let's say the, the, the Hebrew religion. People, you know, if they're Hebrews out in the audience, they're like, you're not, you're not right at all. I think I'm pretty right because, you know, last I checked, you can't just become a Jew. You have to go through the initiation, right? The training and all that. Let's, let's talk about uh, what Peter, what did Peter have to say in First Peter, the first book of Peter, chapter 1, this verses 8 to 10. And he said, And though you have not seen him, you love him. And though you do not see him now, but believe in him, you greatly rejoice with joy inexpressible and full of glory, obtaining the outcome of your faith, the salvation of your souls. The outcome of your faith, I'm just repeating, is the salvation of your soul. As to this salvation... The prophets who prophesied of the grace that would come to you made careful searches and inquiries. 
So the primary outcome of your faith is salvation, not being a part of a club, you know, not being the head of the cool guy club. No, the, the primary outcome of faith, according to Peter, <laughs> you're like, well, what did Peter know? Oh, <laughs> uh, Christ only said that he was going to make him the rock upon which he built his church. So, you know, as to this salvation, the prophets who prophesied of the grace that would come to you made careful searches and inquiries. That's first Peter eight, uh, or I'm sorry, first Peter chapter one, verses eight to 10. You say, okay, well, that's just one thing. That's just something that Peter said, you know, but that doesn't mean, well, I don't know what. <laughs> you say, I don't believe you. All right, let's, let's remember this. There's, there's the two figureheads. And, uh, you know, standing, there's two big statues. If you've ever been to uh, the Vatican, and I have, uh, I've been to St. Peter's Square. Uh, there, There's a big open area outside kind of like you know where the the masses are allowed to gather uh and there's two big statues there's one of peter and there's one of paul at least when i was there they were there so paul in the book of romans says the following in the same way then there has also come to be at present time a remnant according to god's gracious choice but if is but if it is by grace, it is no longer on the basis of works, since otherwise grace is no longer grace. You know, if you go to your favorite Bible app and you type in salvation by grace, you see, we were taught that you cannot earn salvation. Salvation is a free gift. It is a gift that is given to you by the Lord Jesus Christ through his sacrifice. Through the grace of God, you are saved, not because you joined the club, not because you learned the secret handshake, not because of anything else that you do or did. You see, we are saved by grace alone, and by grace alone we receive salvation. By creating club initiation rules for the promise of salvation, we deny God's grace. Because you cannot do anything to earn grace. It is a gift that you have to accept within your heart. When we become arrogant men, acting and behaving as if we can earn our place in heaven, we can earn our place in heaven if we go through the special initiation and uh, we, we become part of the club, then after we become part of the club and, and all the people in the club give us the thumbs up or the high five or you know the secret handshake, then we can have salvation. You see, when we do that, if you're a part of a group, whether it's a temple, church, synagogue, mosque, whatever, um, when I say mosque, go back to go back to commandment numero uno. When we do that, when we tell people, when we allow our, the leaders 
of our church bodies to put forth the notion that salvation, not, you know, being part of the group and voting for the, for the, uh, you know, the, the board of trustees and stuff like that. And sometimes you have churches that vote, you know, they vote for the pastors or the reverends or whatever, you know. But when you, if you have a leadership core, whether it's a pastor, priest, you know, whatever, that tells the people that their salvation or damnation, depending, their salvation is based upon whether or not they meet the criteria for entry into this club. Ladies and gentlemen, if that is the fact, you are denying, you're rejecting the sacrifice of our Lord Jesus Christ. If you have a group of men who say, well, you know, they meet the stranger or the or the curious or the person who says, I want to be part of your group. And they're like, okay, well, if you want to be saved, that's what you got to do. Here's our pamphlet. Here's our book. Here's our, here's our initiation guide. Go memorize this, and then there'll be a test. We'll give you a test later. And depending on how you do on that test, you, you'll either be able to have salvation or you won't. You see, ladies and gentlemen, our salvation is not in the hands of men, in case you're wondering. Salvation is a gift from God. We get it by grace. Now, I know that faith without works is dead, and I believe that. But the idea that there are people out there, there are organizations out there, there are groups out there that will tell you, well, it, if you do not follow our initiation guidelines, then you're going to hell. The only way to avoid hell is for you to follow our initiation guidelines and be welcomed and accepted into our club. But if we don't accept you into our club, then you cannot be saved. Those are not the words and actions of the Holy Spirit. Those are the words and actions of Satan. Because, ladies and gentlemen, Christ himself reminded us in John 3.16, For God so loved the world, he gave his only Son, so that everyone who believeth in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. Notice what Christ didn't say. He didn't say, well, I'm here, and I've come to fulfill the prophecies. I've come to fulfill all of the different, from all the way from David, actually it was before David, but, you know, David and Solomon and Elijah and, you know, Joshua and you know, fill in the blank. All of these guys, all the way up to John the Baptist. That was the prophecy. And here I am, and God is going to fulfill this prophecy for you. And you are required to believeth in me. What did Peter say? He said, even, he said, and though you have not seen him, you love him. And though do you, you do not see him now, but believe in him, you greatly rejoice with joy inexpressible and full glory, obtaining as the outcome of your faith the salvation of your souls. As to the salvation, the prophets who prophesied of the grace 
that would come to you made careful searches in iniquities. Ladies and gentlemen, there's nothing wrong with being part of a congregation. As a matter of fact, what did Christ tell us? Where two or three are gathered together in my name, I am there with them. Christ knew that we needed support from one another. He knew that we, God, our Father, knew that we needed to gather together to offer each other mutual support because that's the job of a church family. However, in addition to, if you have men at the head of your church who are trying to convince those on the outside that the only pathway through salvation is to follow their, meaning man's, initiation test, that's a lie. That is not God's word. That is not following God's word. So you need to be careful how you put it out there. You need to make sure when people come into your church that they know that their salvation is based upon grace, that it is a free gift, and they can't earn it. They just have to accept it. It is a gift that they must accept and take into their heart with faith, not part of a super secret initiation test with handshakes and I don't know. Ladies and gentlemen, it's okay to join the club, but club membership is not required for salvation. Nowhere in the Bible does it say, if you are not a member, uh, an accepted member of this church body, then you're going to hell. No, it's not the case at all. And, uh, well, I was driving... And I felt this topic come to me. And I've said it before, and I'm not being glib, and I'm not being a smart aleck. I'm being 100% sincere. The words that come out of my mouth and are fed into this black carbon steel microphone are not mine. They're inspired by the Holy Spirit. That's why I never worry about what it is I'm going to say when I hit that red record button and start talking. Because I know that it's going to be there. I know it's going to be there. All right. Pray with me, if you will. Lord, I come before you seeking the strength and skill to overcome my enemies. Grant me, I pray, the wisdom to recognize evil, the courage to confront it, and the strength to destroy it. In Jesus' name, I pray this. Amen. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.